there is what, you can stop that at any moment. Is why I wanted to show you really, I, I thought, well, do we cut that up? Do we just show a part of it? But I thought, you know, let's just watch the whole thing and see what, what everybody else is saying about what we got to see. It was on our front doorstep and we got to experience it. Amazing. I, I don't know how many comments I heard of, well, it just made me think there's something bigger out there than myself. Wow, really? And we know what that is. We know who that is, don't we? And he put that into place, spoke it. I mean, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about that. And, 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 and I know that I've been, I've been talking about something that I've never experienced before, and, and I maybe wasn't quite as convincing over the last three weeks, but now I think I could probably be pretty convincing um, having seen it. And I think you too. Now, you may not chase it to Texas like we're going to do next in, 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 uh, in 2024 if we're still alive. Um, probably miss the next one. Um, but uh, uh, I think that one's not for another 100 years or something like that. Uh, total. Total. 2045? Yeah, I don't know. It just depends, you know. Um. <laughs> Even a woman having a baby in Goshen County took a pause. Did you read that article? Are you kidding me? Only someone I'm related to would suggest that that's a good idea. Could you just stop for a little bit while uh, we all run outside? And this seriously happened. Um, She left the room. Oh, she can hear me in the foyer out there. She's coming in to defend herself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... So if, you didn't, so if you didn't read it, leading up to the final push, the total happened. Everybody says, hey, you know, let's all, we, we kind of want to see this. And she's like, that's fine. I'll take a break before I push the last time. Everybody but the attending nurse, including the husband, goes outside, looks at the total eclipse. They all come back in. Child is born. What a great story they have to tell, Right? I mean, amazing, amazing story. Well, um, last Monday at 11.46.35, in a sense, the moon was all in when it came to covering the sun uh, for two minutes and seven seconds here in Lingle. And it was like nothing that I've ever seen. The moon was all in. And that's the theme for today, all in. Those who are going to step in the water and be baptized today, no matter their age, are saying, you know what? I, I at one time in my life surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And today publicly um, with this symbol, I'm letting everybody know I'm all in. I'm all in. And, and it's a real thing to me. I, I received many notes of thanks this week from people that camped out here on Saturday and Sunday, and some of them, a couple of them stayed through Monday night. Um, we had a couple from New Mexico. They pull in. I'm, I'm out here in the field Sunday afternoon before Pastor Michael comes and uh, takes over for me for the rest of the evening. Um, and, and this couple pulls up. It's a husband and wife and an elderly grandmother. And they're like, hey, we, we really need a parking place tomorrow morning. Can you reserve us a parking place just for our car? We don't want to camp. Um, we're staying in Gillette tonight. Yes, that's exactly what they did. They drove here, reserved their parking space, drove to Gillette, spent the night, well, part of it, left there at 4 o'clock in the morning and came down here and, and joined Caleb and all the other people that parked in the parking lot to uh, view the total eclipse and um, they, they sent me this text message. They, they, they wanted our information so they can continue to pray for our ministry. I mean, it was, 
it was noticeably generous to them that we did what we did for the total eclipse. Um, <clears throat> I got a letter this week, and, I, and, and this letter is uh, going to be the bulk of the message this morning, and, uh, and I want to read it to you. August 23rd, 2017, Dear North Hills Church. My wife Barbara and I were in Lingle last weekend for the eclipse, and while taking in the total eclipse was worth every traffic hassle that we experienced returning to our home in Fort Collins on Monday, what we saw and experienced from your church was nothing short of amazing. I suppose I'm a little biased for two reasons. First, I'm a pastor from a church in Loveland, Crossroads Church, so I have a tendency to experience things from the local church perspective. Secondly, your pastor is my brother. But even factoring in those two elements, I hope that you'll take my words as an encouragement to what you're doing in your little corner of God's word, in God's world. A wise person once said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Last weekend and Monday, your church did both. We pulled in on Sunday afternoon, so missed some of your activities, but these were so noteworthy to me. Number one, you decided a long time ago to leverage this nationwide event to connect people to God. A cosmic event like this is not human-caused. It was an act of supernature. And for Christians, that translates into a supernatural God behind it. Of course, not everyone believes that. But for millions of people to be staring into the sun through those goofy but so necessary glasses, well, at least they're looking up. You did so many things to help connect people to God. Two, while many church parking lots and doors were closed following services on Sunday, your doors were open, your lights were on, and bathrooms and showers available for anyone, friend or stranger. And there were mostly strangers going in and out of your doors on Sunday night. And as my wife and I observed, because we went for a stroll through your campground, some of the strangers were stranger than others. Jesus said to welcome the alien and strangers, and you did. Number three, you had church in the park on Sunday morning to anyone to, for anyone to attend. Way to go. Get out into the community and beyond the safe walls of your building. And huge kudos to the team of people who lugged all of your tech equipment and set up the big tent down at the park. Set it up, made sure every cord was plugged in, and then lugged it all back. Give them a round of applause right now. You set up a temporary campground and opened your welcoming arms to about 40 individuals, families, or groups of friends. You didn't have to do that or offer those spots for free. We drove by places that were charging $100 for a spot. A couple from our church paid $85 to stay in a field near Torrington. Your generosity was conspicuous. You gave all these strangers access to your building. Maybe you didn't know this, but we did. Lounges, bathrooms, showers, new life center, couches. I'm not sure who looked out for those areas, who cleaned them after hundreds of people used them, who made sure you were ready for the weekend. You arranged for a porta potty on site. That was a God thing the week before this happened. I realize, holy smokes, none of these people have bathrooms or a camper. What are we going to do? And, and God provided that. In fact, God paid for it as well. Um, someone had to load that thing up, get it here. Uh, Will, remove it. It's still sitting out there. And, um, or dump it. Not pleasant. Again, kudos to your cleaners. Sometimes loving people takes the form of cleaning up dirty things. It reminds me of when Jesus washed feet. Not a pleasant task, but he did ask us to do the same loving thing. And you all did. Way to go. Number six, you stretch the boundaries at times. 
Went the second and third mile. I think a couple of people actually slept in the New Life Center. They did. Not in your original plan. It wasn't. You originally set aside about 35 camp spots. We ended up with 41. I think that several people came late Sunday night. Pastor Michael was here till 10 o'clock Sunday night. Um, uh, checking people in, finding spaces, freaking out occasionally. Um, I think that several people came late Sunday night looking for a spot. They did. You had the space, so you welcomed them. I think there were four people from Italy in that group, and there was. Number seven, you watched out for your community. Like when people started doing potentially dangerous things, you called in reinforcements. Caleb texted me, Dave, what's Indra's cell phone number? Just in case I need it. Okay, all right. I gave it to him, and and all of our first responders were out and about patrolling and watching and helping people be careful, and most of them were. I mean, it really was truly amazing to see um, this mass um, entrance and exodus of the city of Denver, um, which is (laughs) essentially kind of what that was. Um, he, He says, just to make sure that things didn't get out of hand, we do have a responsibility to each other and to our community in that way. Number eight, I saw a young couple under a canopy on Monday welcoming last minute people into your church parking lot. Uh, People really did need a safe, welcoming place to stop and watch. You were there with open arms and an open parking lot. That was Caleb and Tia. Um, Number 10, your pastor went way above the call of duty. I know he's my brother, but in my humble opinion, he and Sarah demonstrated that their love for Jesus and their love for people is the real deal. First, he was always running back and forth to the church and even out to Rimrock to speak, which I did Sunday night uh, for their worship service, mostly welcoming people and making sure that they had what they needed. I'm not sure what it took to make personal arrangements for 40 campsites, but I think he did that. Um, I did, and I would do it differently next time, but um, (laughs) probably, he goes on, the thing that stood out the most to me and would to you too had you been at his house for the eclipse was the group of people that gathered there. You probably know of David's habit, maybe bordering on addiction, of playing this phone game where there are two teams and portals and phrases like take them down and we were attacked some of you know about it some of you don't i've had hid it hid it well from you (laughs) frankly he says i don't get it but apparently a lot of people do get it he plays this game with people who have names like and uh let's see i erased all of those like uh, cornerstone one and super shrimp and the smorpheus who all three are in this room right now um, and, and there are other names that, that we give ourselves. My name in game is Rebel Rev. And when I tell people that's my game, I always follow that up with more Rev than Rebel. Just so they know. Anyway, when he could have just invited safe people from the community or just family like me, no, he invited a whole bunch of these gamers to spend the night at the church or on the street in front of his house and then take in the eclipse from his yard. They, as in us, bought extra food and had it ready to welcome a whole bunch of people into their yard and home. Here are two things that stand out to me. He could have picked the comfortable path, like your entire church could have picked the comfortable path, but you didn't. And your witness and love for people that was expressed to dozens and maybe hundreds of people was conspicuous and genuine. And they came. There were over 40 of us at my house, a completely eclectic group of people who had never actually met in person. Several of these gamers stayed in your church campground. Some arrived at about 3 a.m. and slept in their cars. 
on the street in front of his house. Some arrived on Monday morning. I invited a guy from our church to come too, and he came. My friend who came is an atheist and has been coming to our church for four years. We don't get it. He loves the church. He ushers at, his, at my brother's church, but says he's an atheist. I think he's, I don't know, I, one day. I mean, loving him into the kingdom for sure. It, it, uh, it ended up being a group of complete strangers for the most part with just two things in common. They wanted to be in the totality zone and their love for this game. From what I could tell, these people were all over the map spiritually. At one point, I saw David standing in a big circle of these people talking about God. I wasn't in on the whole conversation, but I know that these people knew that David sees the connection between the creation and creator. Probably the most profound moment was when a couple walked up to him with a little container of salt. They first asked him if he was a reverend, and then they asked him to bless the salt. He was initially hesitant to bring God's blessing on something that might be used in an odd or inappropriate way. As we talked with them, it became apparent to me and to David that they honestly believe in good spirits and bad spirits and had some idea of a personal God, though we didn't really get into their concept of God in that moment. They said that David had a close connection to God and that his prayer over the salt would add more power of protection over their home when they spread the salt on the windowsills and the... um, thresholds of their home one of the guys even quoted the bible where jesus talks about christians being the salt of the earth and in a way he was right salt is a protective preservative against the decay of the world so right there with everyone standing around in the afterglow of the eclipse david was invited into their spiritual world to bring god's presence and power to bear on their lives (laughs) way to go david he says that was weird But in my prayer, I just prayed that they would understand the true power of the Holy Spirit and, that, and as, as I prayed for that. And that, whether some people say that that's an excuse that I continue to play this game and I use that, um, I like to leverage it. I like to use this as a platform to connect with other people who don't know God and see if I might just have an opportunity somewhere along the way to say, hey, uh, we, we sent Stephen's ministry grief books to one of these guys. His, his dad and his uncle died in the same week. Um, and, and I prayed for him and told him I was praying for him and then asked him, uh, that happens time and time again. We need to seek out those opportunities. I hope, he goes on to say, that you'll take a few minutes as a church to remember and celebrate the profound impact you had in your community and way beyond your community. You demonstrated that love is not as much sentiment as it is service. Your love for outsiders and strangers was evident by the 35 tents and RVs pitched to the north of your building. Your love for God was evident to anyone who came in contact with the people of North Hills. So thank you. Thank you for being salt and light and bringing such seasoning and flavoring and grace and hospitality to a whole group of us who are actually seeking two minutes of darkness. His light shines so brightly through you into that darkness. And if you ever wonder if a little church in a little town can make a difference in the world, you can look back to last weekend and know that for those three days, you most certainly did. And I have a hunch that it's not only your desire, but your character to do this at every opportunity that you have. Thanks again, Dennis Anderson, Crossroads Church, Loveland. 
Now, first of all, a bit of a disclaimer. I did not ask him to do that. You know, I didn't say, hey, Dennis, be really great if you wrote a really cool letter. No, that showed up in my email one day, and, and I actually cried the first three times I read it, trying to get those tears out so that I didn't do that this morning. Mostly successful. Um, but you know he's right. He's right. And I am often proud of this body of believers because we all look for opportunities to serve people look for opportunities to help people it's a part of our character it it truly has become a part of our dna and and i don't want to say proud like you know an arrogant hyper you know self-righteous kind of pride but the pride a pride similar to the pride of father feels when his son or daughter comes forward and says, you know what, I want to be baptized. It's a humble, special moment. And every time this group of people rises up, whether it's on a project one day once a year, or it's because somebody needs help, or somebody gets stranded in lingo because they had an argument with their aunt, and she drove off and left her here, and she needed a bus ticket to Idaho, which we did this week, That's what we do. And as we do that, we gain not not a right, but a privilege to tell them why on earth we would even want to do that. It's because God loves us, and we've experienced it. And, and, And because of his love, we then know how to love others. And one of the major ways in which we do that here at North Hills is to serve other people. It's to be there when they need help. Uh, Marion Johnson's here today, and I didn't ask her permission to throw out her name, but um, for the last two years at the, uh, at the church in the park, would have, which would have normally been today, but we shook things up a little bit. You know, this year she said, it's been two years. It's been two years since she came to her first church in the park. And the reason she came to her first church in the park was because her and her children wandered into the building, I'm assuming you kind of wandered into the building, looking for a church and a pastor to do her husband's funeral. And as we always do, we said, absolutely, we would walk with you through this time. We can use our building. Our ladies cooked a wonderful meal for their family and all those who came. Um... Again, uh, I invited her in our conversation to come to church in the park. You know, I mean, I have no idea where Marion is spiritually or anything like that or anybody in her family. And she came, and she came again, you know, later on and later on. And now she's coming here regularly and uh, I think has found a home here at North Hills. And, uh, you know, that's, that's... That's what we're about. Connecting with people and then connecting them to God. And uh, you are all a part of that. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2.
starting in verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you have any encouragement, Paul says, from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let's stop right there. Paul says... So, so in your notes, I, I did provide you with one point and a couple subpoints. The, the first point is follow Jesus' example and serve. And Paul says that we should be like-minded. If we're like-minded, Paul says, my joy will com- be complete. You will be way more effective and way more efficient at reaching the community that you are a part of if you are like-minded. Paul says, you need to all get along. Now, that doesn't mean that we all necessarily agree with every little, little detail along the way, but we, but we get along. We work together. We focus on the same mission and the same vision, and that here is loving God and loving people. We don't always succeed in that. We fail. We're people. I'm a human being. But that is our goal, to love God and love people. And as we do that, we want to grow as followers of Christ and invite others to, to join in the adventure. Because it is an adventure. It really is. God's mission on the earth is to seek and save those who are lost. And he chooses to choose us to be a part of that. And we are his hands and feet in southeastern Wyoming. And, and, and honestly, all across the world. We're about to send someone to Africa. We have somebody in northern Africa. We, we have missionaries in, in Canada. We have missionaries in Spain and, and the Middle East. Those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior are those who Jesus is seeking. Be like-minded, Paul says. Paul also says, consider others better than yourselves. That's in verse 3 right there. Man, that's a... That one's always a challenge, isn't it? Especially in our culture. Because, uh, you know, we're, 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 the message that we hear all the time is, is, is what's best for you? What's best for you? What can you buy? What can you get? Um, you know, it's my money. And I want it now, right? Oh, that commercial. But we need to consider others better than ourselves. What does that look like every day? What does that look like in our lives? I mean, that is such a humble and selfless, it's, it's giving, it's so un-American, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, this is an old one, but you deserve a break today, right? Ah, all the young kids won't know that. It's all about us, it's all about me, and Paul says that we're to consider others better than ourselves. We need to be concerned and try to meet the needs of others before we meet the needs of ourselves sometimes. I mean, that is really challenging, but it is a biblical command of God. He says, follow Jesus' example and serve others. And that's what Jesus did. 
That's exactly what Jesus did. And those opportunities aren't always going to be around big events like a total eclipse either. They, they happen every day, of, every day of the week. It, it, could, it could include picking up a piece of trash in a parking lot on your way into a store. It could. Now, p- people won't necessarily see that. Um, it's like uh, after you wash your hands in a bathroom, you take the paper towel or get an extra one and you wipe down the counter. People probably won't see that. It might not be dry for five minutes. But what it does is it gets us into the habit of doing more for others. Because if you wipe... Something that was totally amazing to me was we had... There were over 130 people camping up here. And I don't know how many people Caleb and Tia parked in the parking lot, but they had access to the bathrooms too. In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out of the building. The only thing, honestly, other than a pizza box that wouldn't fit in a trash can and a bunch of puncture vine that got left in the field because we have a puncture vine problem around here and Chris is doing all he can to kill them all and kill them all and kill them all. I I didn't have to wipe a counter down in a 36-hour period. They, they saw the generosity and they respected it. I even got a text message from someone at, at 11 o'clock Sunday night that said, two of the stalls in the women's bathroom are out of toilet paper. I, I put some quilted northern in there. It should be fine until tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. People see those kinds of things. Volunteering on a food distribution truck or a project in the community. You know, sometimes we serve others because it's simply the right thing to do, not because they're going to see it or they're going to know we did that and they're going to think good things about us or our church or God or whatever. No, we just do them because we have the opportunity and we serve. And then if God gives us the opportunity, we take advantage of it. Uh, Two weeks ago, the, the booster club called and said, you know, the forecast for tonight is not very good. And they just finished sealing the gym floor in the elementary school. Could we have our back to yard, our back to school barbecue in the new life center? How many, seriously, how many public schools do you think would feel comfortable enough calling a church and saying, can we use your building? That's what we want. We want there to be such a good relationship with the public school that they feel comfortable coming into our building. Because when they do, they bring all sorts of people in that don't normally darken the door of a church. And even if it's for a, for a barbecue or something, they're in the building and they see. Wow, you know, these people just, what, let us use this? Yes, we do. Yes. Yes, we do. They do, <laughs> they do their athletic banquets here. That's simply amazing to me. Again, it, it gets, it's an opportunity to rub shoulders with an organization that says that they love God and love people, and it sort of comes out in where the rubber meets the road. Do they really? Do we really? And, and this is a part of the way that we try to show that, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Project One is coming up on the last Saturday of September Sign up. Take the day off if you have to. I know that's a sacrifice, but what are you sacrificing for? 
serving someone else and maybe the, posi- the, the possibility of sharing Christ with them or that they would be. I, to this day, after two years ago, I have a little buddy in Valley Christian School because he lived next door to the place that we worked on and he came over and helped us all day long and I get a hug every time I walk into Valley Christian School or any time he sees me at the grocery store and I don't always recognize kids who wave to me in the grocery store and my wife goes, who was that? I'm like, well, I, Valley Christian School is the only answer that I have. It's, they, they probably go there. Uh, Someone told me after last year's Project One that the reason they live in this area is because of the servant and community attitude. And I know that's not always true. I heard scary things from people before the eclipse. They were just scared to death that, that we were going to be robbed blind by all the people that are coming and they're going to leave their trash everywhere and all, all this. And you know what? Part of me was just like, who cares? You know, I don't know how they're going to react to our generosity, and we don't know that. People could take advantage of it, but that doesn't mean we're not, that we don't continue to be generous and serve other people because that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to love them. And we pray that they get it because if they do, their life will be changed forever. Forever. And that's a great thing. Um, they said that, that, that they, it's... They said this whole community attitude is not this way where we came from. It's every man for himself, is what they said. You know, we can all be a part of that mission. And when we serve other people with no expectations of anything in return, that's what we're doing. We're considering them better than ourselves. And we're sacrificing for them. And I say, let's keep it up. Maybe today is just a good reminder to you that... that, that what you've been doing, you just need to keep doing. And, and maybe today um, is, is sort of a challenge to you. Well, maybe, maybe it's time for me to finally take that first step of serving others and, and, and considering others better than myself. Then Paul says this. He says, we're to check our attitudes. He goes on in verse 5, if you look, at, look there, and this point is, is atti- it's an attitude reminder. Your attitude, he says in verse 5, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He submitted himself to the Father's will. Jesus himself Submitted himself to the Father's will. We too can submit to the Father. He, he made himself nothing. He, he gave up this lofty place. You, wow. And we too can live lives of humility, not seeking prestige or prominence. I mean, Jesus was willing to die for us. There's a pastor in Pine Bluffs. He's still there, Dan DeBryan. Um, caught wind here, I don't know, it's been a long, long time, that, that an acquaintance, or he heard that somebody needed a kidney. Again, I want to re, re, restate that. A complete stranger needed a kidney. He thought, eh, same blood type, maybe mine's a match. 
It was an exact match. And he gave one of his two functioning kidneys to a perfect stranger. Wow, talk about sacrifice. I mean, what if the other one goes bad? You might need that one, right? But yet, he considered God's command and said, if I can help, then I will. And he did. Um, What an example of considering others better than yourself. So, So let's follow Jesus' example as we live out our lives here on planet Earth, and, and let's be all in. <laughs> let's be all in. Like the moon over the sun. Like those who are following the Lord in believer's baptism today. They're all in. Ah, they're still going to sin. We all are. Wow, well, you were baptized. Yes, I was. Acts of service take the emphasis off of ourselves and cause us to focus on those around us. And bring the hope of Christ to them. Uh, as our ministry activities ramp up, you know, there's lots of opportunities to serve. Even in our own local church, Awana, like I mentioned, could use a couple listeners on Thursday nights. Kidzone has, I saw a couple places for some some substitute nursery and and uh, um, toddler room workers. Uh, youth group's going to start up. Um, we need adults who will give kids some time. You know, our, our, uh, we'll be needing some new small group leaders. Um, our small group series is going to start in the first Sunday of October. I'm really excited about it. It's, it's going to go October, November, and we're, gonna, we're going to uh, go through the first two chapters of the book of Acts. Uh, I can't wait to dig into the first two chapters of the book of Acts because, um, you know, the book of Acts occurred in a pre-Jesus era, right? I mean, Jesus is new on the scene. This is, this is all new. So he's like, a, um, the church, the ancient church, was, was in the pre-Christian age. And we now, I believe, in the United States especially, we are on the other side of that, and we are now post-Christian. So what are the things from the ancient church that we can learn that they did, being pre-Christian, that we can learn in our present modern-day church now as we are post-Christian? I can't, I can't wait. I mean, can you tell I'm excited about that? I don't know if I'm communicating that well or not. But um, In John, it says that they will know we are Christians by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. And then we catch people looking up. And when we catch people looking up, we need to seize the moment and we need to point them to Jesus. Whether it's ex- they've experienced a, a, an, a, a really tragic event and the only way they can look is up and we are the person that's there for them. We point them to Jesus. Or they just experience a total eclipse and you experienced it with them. And they're like, wow, isn't that cool? Isn't creation cool? Yeah, you know what? I know who put it there. Got questions? I got not all the answers, but a few. Um, 
And let's be sure that we let them know that Jesus died for them and that they can have hope in him as Savior. Now, worship team's going to come up. We've got one closing song. And as they do, I want to say a couple things about baptism because at the end of this worship song, um, Caleb's going to dismiss us and we're all just going to stand up and we're all going to go outside around the eight foot, it doesn't look eight feet out there, but the eight foot swimming pool. Uh, Eric said, I didn't see a heater in there. I said, it has a solar heater. I don't even know how warm it or, or yeah, yeah, it was after the eclipse, actually. It hasn't been up that long. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20, Jesus said this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And, and there's an order there that he said that in. He said, make disciples, bring people to Jesus, baptize them, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey everything I have commanded. We are all in process. And everyone that's being baptized today are still in process. We're all in process as believers. Jesus commanded it. He said, I I don't think he suggested as a good idea. I don't think he said that we should do it when we get around to it. I mean, in his final words on earth, before ascending into heaven, Jesus said, this is what you are to do. And we're baptized as disciples, as believers. He commanded it. We're baptized as believers. And it's symbolic. There isn't anything about getting in that pool and going under the water and coming up that, that, that purifies you of your sin or washes you clean or whatever. It's a symbol. But a beautiful one that is. Like a wedding ring is a symbol that I am married Baptism is a symbol that we are a Christ follower. It does not save us. It's not about salvation. It's about identification. It's saying, I belong to Jesus. Everybody that's going to get in that pool today says, I belong to Jesus. I've received the gift of salvation, and and I want to serve him the rest of my life. It's a beautiful picture representing being buried with Christ and being cleansed. Our sins forgiven, our souls clean. Lots of, lots of parts to the, to the symbolism of baptism. Our physical baptism is a, is a representation of a change that occurred inside of us. It's an outward representation of what's happened already on the inside. And I'm excited for... Uh, the young men that came forward in the last month that said, hey, I want to be baptized. and The adults, I tell you, if, if, you've, if, if you were baptized as an adult, you know how humbling of an experience that is to get into a pool with your peers and get wet. Um, so you guys start playing. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy to us and that you are so kind and good that you were willing to come down here and sacrifice yourself and Lord Jesus I pray that that we have all been encouraged and challenged this morning by the events of the last couple weeks by this series by your power and your might evident in all of the universe just in our own little solar system I pray that as we feel smaller and smaller and smaller as we 
know and find out more and more about how big the universe is. That it wouldn't discourage us, but it would encourage us that the God who spoke all of that into existence knows me by name, knows how many hairs are on my head, has forgiven me of my selfishness and my self-righteousness. Lord Jesus, I pray that that's true for all who are here today, that they have put their faith and trust in you as their Savior, and if not, that they would surrender themselves to you as a husband and wife do to one another on a stage. All that we were and are and will be, I give it over to you. Lord, I want to pray for those young men and women who are going to be baptized today. Thank you for their step of courage and faith. May we as a church family celebrate with them. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of this family. In Jesus' name, let's all stand and let's close with this last song. The Lord is my I have all the